uh, we're listening to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to do the whole chapter 1 to 18, and you can find this on page 216 in the Church Bibles if you'd like to look it up. Joshua 1, the whole chapter. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we often 
think about the Bible as one book. I mean, we, we go to a bookstore and we pick up a copy of the Bible. And so we uh, see it as one book and we can forget that actually it's a collection of books. Really, the best way to describe this is not a book, but a library, because it's a collection of books. And each one of those books wasn't written at the same time. So what we're hearing today declared by Carol and read out for us by Carol is actually a book that was written a long time before the book of Revelation, which is the last book that's printed in here. And so the Bible is a collection of books and I want us this morning to understand that what Joshua is receiving is he, is he's receiving the books of the Bible to the time where he's about to go in. So Genesis is the first book of the Bible and it tells the story of God's creation. Then we've got Exodus and it tells the story of how they flee out of uh, captivity in Egypt. Then we've got Leviticus, which is about how God forms his people as a nation with a law. And then numbers is really a whole lot of numbers, but it's about how God is numbering his people and ordering his people together with Leviticus in order that they can become a nation. And it sort of tells for us about the 12 tribes and the 12 tribes are going to inherit parcels of land and we heard a little bit about that today with some staying on the other side of the Jordan. But as they're about to go into the Jordan, remember from last week, Moses says to them his last encouragement before he passes away, he gives them the last encouragement to remind them of their past, where they've come from and an encouragement that when they go into the promised land to follow the word of God the law of God, the law of Moses, as we sometimes call it. And so he hands Joshua the book of Deuteronomy. And it says in our reading today in uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, to remember how it, the law, how it's written down. So Joshua is actually walking into the promised land with the Bible as it is at his time. Almost over 3,000 years ago today, Joshua is walking into the promised land with the Word of God as it is for him, with the encouragement of Moses, with all of the stories of creation, with all of the numbering and the laws, all of that is encapsulated into what he has written down and he carries with him and in time, that pile of books will be added to. And, and the only reason that we have Joshua is because that was written down and becomes part of what we call the Bible. And so today, while there's a lot in this passage, and, and really, it's, it's, I'm not going to cover all of the parts of this passage here today because there's really two big things that I want to pull out in a minute, but it's an encouragement to us that as we study the Bible in 2023, we're getting a glimpse into a period of history centuries ago where a group of people armed with the Word of God as they knew it at that time take up the challenge to live up the Word of God, live out the Word of God in their day. 
And so it's an encouragement as we think about them living out the Word of God as they knew it at their time, for us to wrestle with living out the Word of God in our time. What we have and all the, 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 the extra wisdom that we have, particularly revealed to us through Jesus, and then we also have um, the, the, the letters of the New Testament and Revelation. So we have a lot more wisdom and we can live that out and that's the challenge for us. But this opening chapter, and, and the reason I'm not necessarily going to dig into all of this uh, today, is because this opening chapter of Joshua kind of almost frames what happens next for the Israelites. In, in, in the first part of this chapter, it, it talks about um, Joshua hearing the Word of God. So remember last week, Moses is the one who says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Today, Joshua hears directly from God to be strong and courageous. So Joshua is not just now living out an encouragement from his mentor, he's received a word directly from the Lord. And because he's received a word directly from the Lord, he's living out that word directly. And so the, passage, the, 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 the rest of the book will tell us how they live out that word to be strong and courageous and take the land. And so Joshua, in this passage, is, is preparing them to cross the Jordan and gathering people saying, we're about to cross the Jordan and here's how it's going to happen. There's more details that we won't cover today, but we will read in weeks ahead how they crossed the Jordan. But also it says that this was promised to Moses, this land was promised to Moses and to generations before, and this models how the Israelites will take up the challenge of inhabiting, inhabiting the land. And then it also outlines some territory and some, uh, some indication of what the territory is, and in the weeks ahead, we're going to look at that territory and, and how that is part of uh, the unfolding of this book. And then it says in verse 5 that, they, that, that God will be with them until the end. And, and by the end of this book, we'll actually get to the end of, of, of Joshua's life and then that book will be laid down on, on, the, on the, the Word of God as it is up until that point. So I'm not going to cover every verse in this passage because it actually pulls in themes. It's kind of almost this chapter sort of almost represents the rest of the book and so we'll actually, we're not going to cover all the book uh, as well but I'm going to pick out some key themes um, and we'll, we'll uh, have these key themes over the next few weeks. But I want to encourage you to uh, read along but also maybe this is an encouragement that some of the things that we don't cover because um, just too much to cover word for word, um, is something that maybe they're things that you could discuss in your small group. And so when you go to small group, you can say, well, we didn't cover this on the weekend and, 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 I, and, and as I was reading it, I felt this was an important theme and, and that's fine. So if you want me to cover every theme, we'd have to be here for an hour and a half every Sunday just in me talking and I'm sure you don't want that. So you can have time in your small group. But I think there's... there's there's a lot in this opening chapter, but I think actually there's, there's two big themes that are setting the tone for this. And, and, and I've, I've led out with the first theme, which is the Word of God. Joshua is indeed a person who we need to study as a historical figure. As I, as I shared with us last week, if, if, if 
all, if part of the Old Testament leads up to where they get into the promised land and then the rest of the Old Testament is where they have possession of the land but they're in, either in the land or in exile, then the person who transitions them from not having the promised land to the promised land is an important historical figure. So Joshua indeed is an important, important person that we need to study. But Joshua is also someone who we could study from a leadership point of view because he, he takes a nation... He's been formed by a particular leader for a particular time and a particular task and he's given a new assignment and he, he, he takes on that and he leads under God to the task that he's been given. But this opening chapter of Joshua actually reveals to us the importance of the Word of God because Joshua receives a mission directly from God. It, it's, it's so different to our day because Joshua receives the Word of God, a direct message, he's speaking to God face to face, or he's speaking and he hears God say, be strong and courageous, that now makes up part of our canon. I don't know about you, but, well, I do know about you. Nothing you get from the Word of God, from, directly from God, is now part of our canon. So none of us receive something and then that becomes part of our canon of the Bible, whereas Joshua, it does. So Joshua's mission, we now read as part of the canon of the Bible. And so Joshua receives the Word of God to accomplish a particular task and to perform a particular role. And this moves from being outside the land promised by God into the land promised by God. And God has promised this land to His people since the time of Abraham, but nobody's been able to accomplish that task. So it's, it's been a word to generations and now it's Joshua's time to act on that. It's now Joshua's time to hear the promise of God that there is a land set aside for them and to take that land. It's time to read God's word, hear how it's been promised for generations and implement it. It's no longer good enough to be terrified and afraid and discouraged. It's time to be strong and courageous hear the Word of God that the land is set aside for them and take the land as promised. God's command is to inhabit the land and faithfulness to the Word of God means that they will follow that instruction and enter into the land. Remember the previous generation where they went into the land and they saw the Canaanites and they came back discouraged and terrified because they said they were giants. God had said to them to take the land but they'd been unfaithful to the Word of God and therefore they weren't able to enter in. It was a new generation. And so the challenge is for this generation, will they hear the Word of God to take the land and will they do it? Will they be faithful to in implementing the Word of God? So Joshua is not just to follow the Word of God but he's to implement it. And he's to implement it in a particular way. He's been told to be strong and courageous as he implements the Word of God. And, and my translation is slightly different to the one Carol read out, but in, in some of the translations it says, don't be afraid and discouraged. Mine says, don't be terrified and discouraged. You see, sometimes we think of strong and courageous, the words that are on the screen, and, and we kind of almost could change that out for being brave and powerful. Brave and powerful. 
this sense of that we're going to, you know, be absolutely, uh, be able to conquer everything without any worries at all. But in contrast, God says, and, the, and, and this, this opening chapter, is the contrast is to not be afraid and to not be discouraged. Perhaps there's a sense that the contrast or the opposite of being strong and courageous is to give up, to lack hope. And so maybe when we understand the flip side of this, it helps us to understand this a little bit more. As we reflect on the theme to be strong and courageous, maybe it's actually a call to be hopeful. Maybe it's actually a call to not just be strong and and powerful and brave, but actually to have hope for the future. Maybe it's also a call to trust in God and to trust that God will act and therefore we don't have to be brave and powerful because we're going to accomplish everything, but we actually trust that God is powerful and therefore God will act. Look, no doubt, as we'll read in the weeks ahead, no doubt the Israelites actually had to go into more military battles. Remember, Joshua had already uh, helped Moses with two battles while they were wandering around. And there will be more battles to come. And we're going to hear about, uh, about one of those when, when Peter Beale's going to talk to us about the, the siege of Jer- uh, Jericho. And so, no doubt, they will have to be able to take on the military battles. And, and, and perhaps that does mean that they need to be brave and powerful when they take on that military battle. But this is not just an encouragement. We heard that the men of certain tribes are going to go with them into the promised land in order that they can be there for those military battles. But the idea to be strong and courageous is for everybody, not just the men who go into battle, but it's for also for the women and children who stay on the other side of the Jordan and inhabit the land that God has given them. So the word of God to the Israelites is that God will be their leader and is God that will be powerful. It is God that will lead to the victory. Not the power and the bravery of Joshua, but it will be God. And so this leads us to our our second big theme of this opening chapter and it's the presence of God. So we've got the Word of God and we've got the presence of God. God went with Moses and the Israelites as they left Egypt and God was with His people as they wandered through the desert and they set up a tent of meeting and that was where God dwelt with them while they were in camp and He went with them as a cloud and a a pillar of fire when they were on, on the move. And so God had been with His people through the wilderness and it was a sign of blessing that God was with His people. And so now, God Himself, not through Moses, but God Himself is telling Joshua and the Israelites that He'll be with them as well. He will continue to be with them as they enter into the Promised Land. God is blessing Joshua and the Israelites with His presence. And there is no more greater uh, blessing than to have God's presence. It's the ultimate blessing to have God's presence. Now, we would think maybe a a really great gift that God could give 
Joshua as he's about to take on the land is like, just give him like a, a billion dollars so he can go and buy some armament and he can buy all this military paraphernalia and he can walk in there with his great mighty army. But no, God says, I will give you the ultimate gift. You will go in with nothing but what's in your hand and you'll go in with my presence. And Joshua thinks that's good enough. To have the presence of God as they enter into a, a promised land that God promised to Abraham and spoke about them inhabiting and they're now trusting that God will act, that's the greatest gift that Joshua could receive. So if we wanted to study the leadership style of Joshua, maybe it's to study the fact that here is a leader who trusts in God and trusts not in physical things that he can carry with him into the promised land, but he trusts in the presence of God. Remember, this land was described as the land of milk and honey. It was supposed to be this beautiful land that they were going to inhabit. The reality is that they're going to go in and be oppressed and people don't want them to inhabit this land. So instead of being impressed by what God could give them, this land of milk and honey, Joshua is impressed because he's blessed with God himself. I think the book of Joshua is a great reminder that we need to follow the Word of God in our day. As we look at the Word of God, we need to see how they had the challenge of how are they going to implement the Word of God in their day with the books that they had. But we have, we have more wisdom because we've, we've got Jesus revealed to us. We've got Jesus sending the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so what we have is something even greater. And therefore we have even more wisdom that we could apply to our own life. You see, it's not just... It's not just a matter of doing good things. It's not just a matter of loving other people. And I know people say that. And, and it, it's, it's so strange. I mean, I, I know you would expect me to find this strange. But I just find it so strange that people think somehow Christianity is, is a solo venture where you just sort of do it yourself out in society, just loving people and doing good things as though there's some kind of benchmark and if you do enough good that's going to outweigh the bad you do and therefore if you go to heaven with the scales right you're going to get in it's kind of the opposite of the grace that jesus won for us on the cross why, why would you what would you bank on balancing the scales yourself when you have the, the grace of god revealed to us in the word of god there's so much more for us to trust in if we trust in the word of god but there's also this thing Again, I think you would be pleased to know that I find it weird that people think the Bible is out of date. Like it's somehow, it's kind of a, a book that needs updating and, and, and we kind of need to get a whole lot of collection of modern thought and, and, and wisdom from poets and songwriters of our day as though somehow we need some new thing that's going to be contemporary and relevant. The Bible is full of such great wisdom for us. It's, it's not a, a blueprint or a, or a rule book. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us how to fight every situation or follow God in every situation. 
but it tells us that God loves us and He's given us His grace through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit so that when we mess up, we don't have to try and fix ourselves up. I don't know about you, but that's the best news ever, that I don't have to try and fix myself up. And I know that our world is crying out for a better way of meaning and it's searching. So why would we want to be turning to all those people who are searching for meaning when we have the ultimate meaning in the Word of God. The Bible is not an out-of-date book. The book of the Bible, the books in the Bible, sorry, give us meaning. And you know the beauty of this book? A, A child, a child can read the Word of God and it can be a great understanding to them. I mean, you go to Kurong and, and, and there's all these books and they put it into kid language and, 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 it's, and it's framed in a way that they can understand. But the Word of God is understandable to a little child. But why I think this word, the Word of God is so powerful is that scholars have studied, studied their whole life and they still don't understand the depths of this. There, there are scholars who've just done like, their whole life is just one Corinthians. And they still haven't plumbed the depth of 1 Corinthians. This is such a powerful book. I, don't, I, I just think we need to take it seriously and, and see this as something that we implement into our life. I, I was thinking about, and I, I heard an interview with a, with a pastor called John Maxwell. John Maxwell started a church in, in San Diego and he was a, a, a great pastor of a local church. And um, he had a whole lot of business people in his uh, church And they found that some of the things that he was teaching them about leadership and going out into the world and being a great leader in their business was really influential to them. And so at some point, he made the transition where he stopped being the pastor of the church and he thought he'd go out into that business world and instead of asking the business world to come to his church, he'd go out into the business world and he'd teach leadership skills. And he started teaching leadership skills, he started writing books, and some of his books are probably some of the the best books on leadership. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is just a a gold standard of books that you want to read if if you're into leadership. But he tells a story where he was talking to a group of leaders in the corporate sector, and, and these people were people who were in, you know, some of them were in Fortune 500 companies, you know, not a church setting at all, but he was teaching them about leadership skills. And they came up to him at the break and they said, John, what you're teaching us is the best stuff we've ever heard on leadership. You've got to tell us, where'd you get it? And he says, no, 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 you you don't want to know where I got this material from. And they said, no, this is the best stuff. We've never heard anything this relevant, this engaging. We've never heard anything that this powerful. We need to know where you got it from. He says, no, 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 you really don't want to know. And they said, John, we want to know where you got it from. And he said, everything... I learnt on leadership, I got from the Bible. I think sometimes we just need to trust that the Word of God has power. And when the Word of God says to us that we don't have to balance ourselves, we just trust in the grace of Jesus, then I think that's really powerful. And, And I think we also need to trust that when Jesus said that He would send the Holy Spirit, to be with us. It's like Joshua saying, uh, God saying to Joshua that I will be with you. And Joshua was able to take the promised land 
take on the giants because he had the word of God and because he had the presence of God. I think we need to have greater confidence that we have the presence of God. And the word of God tells us that we have the presence of God. And so that's why I think we need to take the word of God seriously. The word of God is not out of date. It is as useful to us today as it was over 3,000 years ago for Joshua. In the weeks ahead, we're going to hear more about Joshua's mission and I encourage you, don't see this as an ancient history lesson. See this as a lesson to us, not to be terrified and afraid, lacking hope, but for us to be strong and courageous as we face the challenges that we have to face. So gracious God, we praise and thank you for your word. We thank you that it reveals to us that you are present with us through your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this lesson from Joshua. We pray that as we take on the task that we have to take on, that we wouldn't be afraid or discouraged, but that we'd be strong and courageous. And we make this prayer in Jesus' mighty name.